Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's finally like getting warm here, so I'm not ready for it, but I'm very ready for it, so... Exactly the same for me. I just got to be ready for it no matter what. Yeah, yeah. You're like, it's finally summer. And this this was the perfect book to transition into summer. So I will say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you want to go ahead and say hello and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Sydney Carger. I'm a screenwriter and author. Book Best Men is my debut novel that came out like a little over a week ago, which is crazy. And it's a romantic comedy. And uh, yeah, you can... Buy it anywhere you buy books. So exciting. <laughs> I can't believe it's already been a week or over a week. It feels, and I'd been waiting for, you know, years, obviously, right. like any writer. And then when it actually was bought and written and everything, it was like another almost one to two years. So it's been, I can't believe it's already here. So yeah, you're like, I read this a thousand times. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I know what it's about, but I'm very excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. So we start off all of our episodes with a series of questions. So we'll start with the first one. What is your favorite standalone? Okay, so my favorite standalone, I I have two. I guess like a classic is for me is Lord of the Flies, which I read as a kid. And it just sort of like rocked my world in ways I didn't expect. I didn't even know if it's kid appropriate, but it, it, gave, me all, <laughs> it gave me all the feels. And, uh, you know, it, it was shocking and relatable. And, and then I, like... Over time, I appreciated it just because it's sort of the basis for lots of different stories that have emulated yeah. over time. And, you know, like we're seeing like Yellow Jackets now, it's sort of basically Lord of the Flies and things like that. So it's it's a it's a classic. Yeah, that one's a disturbing classic for like children, but it's it's a good one. <laughs> for sure. And then like on the lighter side, more contemporary, uh, Nick Hornby's High Fidelity. Okay. It's kind of the romantic comedy of all romantic comedies. I think it came out in the 90s or something. And I read it as an adult. And it just was, it was like the cool version of a rom-com for me that I kind of love. I like that. I haven't read that one, but I definitely have heard of it. And it sounds really good. (laughs) Definitely check it out. It's, It's really good. Yeah, I'll need to. So yeah. in contrast to that, what is your favorite series? So my favorite series, I was, I wanted to say, I kind of want to say like Lord of the Rings, but I don't want to say two books that have the word Lord in it. <laughs> totally allowed. We definitely yeah. stand Lord of the Rings here. So <laughs> I mean, that, I, I had that again as a kid and it was sort of like, you know, I I wore those books as a bad badge of honor or kind mm-hmm. of like had my tattered books carrying around school and everywhere I went and um but something that I picked up as an adult a series called the Adrian Mole series which Mm -hmm. is the diary of Adrian Mole and there's there's like eight or ten books and it's told from the perspective of like a 13 year old kid and he's kind of precocious and he has this dysfunctional family and it's just it's British and it's just (laughs) laugh out loud hilarious and it goes from him to like 13 and three quarters to like, uh, I think he's turning 40 in the last book. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it's it's really funny. Oh, I like that. I love a good like dry British humor. And I also appreciate an author that can like take your character through like a journey of life. Like I read a series and it's like 25 books long. And at the beginning, 
he has a kid and the kid's like two and I read the, the most recent one and she's like 25 and I'm like that is insane that you've like literally given this character an entire life and that's so yeah. fun yeah, yeah and it, it was uh Adrian Mole's written by Sue Townsend and I just I always think like what is she does she get bored of this character because yeah we, you know, a reader you don't get bored at all but it's sort of like she's living vicariously through this right. character for so many years and like the last one's called like Adrian Mole prostrate years so it's yeah. like very <laughs> It gets, uh, it's very funny. That's awesome. I will definitely have to check that one out because I do love a good, like, dry British humor. It's a good sorbet if you're reading, like, dark or anything, like, thrillery or, you know, kind of yeah. dark, nice sort of humorous sorbet to get into. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay. So who is your ultimate book boyfriend? Okay. So I would say Alex from Red, White, and Royal Blue. He is, you know, obviously everything you want, I think. Yeah. <laughs> A friend or a boyfriend, and and he, I almost like couldn't look at the cover because I had an image of what he looked like in my head. It was so strong the way it was written, yeah. and then I'm you know it's going to become a movie, and I'm kind of avoiding all the trailers and everything, yeah, because it's like that image that you know the author wrote is is so vivid that I kind of created my own character. But he's like you know he's the son of the president. It's like what's not to like. Yeah, yeah, he's very suave. And like, I think, he, yeah, Casey did a really good job with banter throughout that whole thing. But I definitely I love Alex's character. I think it's hilarious. I'm a little yeah. nervous about casting. Like, I'm not gonna lie, because I'm with you. I'm like, I have a very specific image of like who these people are. And like, if they mess it up, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably five minutes into the movie, you'll forget your image and go yeah. along <laughs> with their character, because I'm sure it's gonna be great. But yeah, yeah it's a hard it's a hard line to tell for sure. Yeah. I like, there's so many books that are getting turned into movies and like when people fan cast them and they're not who the people are, I'm like upset. <laughs> yeah. Of <laughs> course. Like, this was way better a choice. Dang it. Yeah. I, yeah. And I see authors like when their books are getting made into movies, they kind of do the, okay, dream casting. And then yeah. it's all over the place. Everyone has, that's, that's what's so great about books is we all have different right. imaginations. Yeah. It's so fun. I love that. So in contrast to that, who's your ultimate book girlfriend? Okay, so if I may be slightly controversial, I think <laughs> I'm going to say Carrie from Stephen King. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I, again, I read that. My mom, growing up, read every Stephen King novel. So like that yeah. tells you a little bit about my childhood. And, yep. uh, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> um, and like who... If, you know, I became because of that, but it, it, um, yeah, she's like the ultimate underdog and I just want to kind of like take her under my wing and, you know, take care. She, you know, she's bullied in school and, yeah. and also I, I always wanted to have telekinesis powers. And so like having a best friend who is, has, you know, telekinetic powers is like, yes, I'm, yeah. That's the I one I want that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a great choice. I mean, she, yeah, I think she's very like underrated and like undervalued. So yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very valid to pick her. I like that. That's a very unique choice. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I think I'd maybe try to stop her from killing the entire, you know, like all the whatever, like, and try to put her on the path to good, yeah. good as opposed to evil. But... Maybe don't like ruin prom, but. <laughs> don't ruin prom. I'll be her yeah. prom date. Yeah, totally fair. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started into your writing journey? Yeah, so again, like I was a big reader as a kid and my mom uh, was a huge reader and my dad and, you know, I was just surrounded by books all the time. And I was in this weird, I almost don't even 
think it's hard to believe that it actually existed, but it was, it was like, I was in middle school, I think in a, like a gifted program uh, for readers and writers called the great books. And we would read classics and like, so it was always kind of like weirdly, you know, into books and stuff. And when I was like 11 or 12, I tried writing a book and I tried writing a choose your own adventure book, which is, you know, like, you know, turn to page 12 if you want the princess to go inside the castle kind of thing. And it was obviously completely terrible. And, <laughs> but I, you know, I had this encouragement from, you know, family and friends who were always asking me when I was going to write a book and what happened to that book I wrote. And, you know, it was, so it was a kind of voice inside my head that I was like, one day I'm going to write a book. And I, so I knew I kind of wanted to be a writer, but I was also obsessed with movies and I studied screenwriting and film in school and college. And I, I'm from the suburbs of Chicago where John Hughes was from. And I was obsessed with, uh, you know, all of his movies, like 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and everything. And so I knew that he went into advertising as a copywriter and then became a filmmaker. So I'm like, okay, that's the path I'm going to do. And I'll be like him. And, um, and I, you know, I wanted to be a working writer. So like I became a copywriter in advertising and I wrote like big dopey commercials and stuff. And then I got out of that and I went to Comedy Central where I was writing and directing promos for all the shows. And the whole time I'd been writing screenplays and, and one of them I wrote kind of got the attention of an agent and manager and I left Comedy Central, became a working screenwriter and I was able to, you know, sell scripts and option and, you know, do rewrites and open writing assignments and things like that. And right before the pandemic, my film manager asked if I wanted to write a book and I kind of secretly had stories and book ideas and you know I, I was writing short stories on the side on my computer i have like little dumb stories and things like that and <laughs> and i was and i never really expressed it to him so i was like how did you know that anyway so he introduced me to my now book agent and we i had these two ideas that i kind of pitched to him and he gravitated towards what became best men and i'm now kind of juggling the screenwriting with the novel so it's really kind of a dream come true that I didn't realize, you know, yeah. I, you know, I kind of had it when I was a kid, but I didn't act on it until recently. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like there's a lot of people that I talk to say that, like I wrote as a kid and then one day I just decided. And it's like, that is so cool that you're finally able to kind of go through that journey. And I love that you had a blueprint. So that's nice <laughs> yeah. for how to do life. And it sounds like you've done a lot of really amazing things and had like a good experience and kind of had a good grasp on what you wanted to kind of, you know, to get out of the, uh, the whole writing journey and the, and like becoming a published author. So that's really fun. Yeah. And there, there are just a million paths you can take, whether yeah. it's published or, you know, writing when you're 60 years old. I mean, there's just, there's no one, I was trying to follow the path of John Hughes, even though he wasn't really a novelist, but, um, you know, it, it goes astray. So you never know what you're going to end up doing. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds like you had a very fun career doing a lot of really fun things too. Yes, for sure. There was Comedy Central was sort of my core, you know, it was almost like film school where you're mm -hmm. just constantly directing and editing and then the stuff you're shooting goes on air and you're working with the talent on all the shows and all the people I worked with are still, you know, my best friends today. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's great. I like that. Yeah, it's I feel like it's one of those like trauma bonding experiences almost like you all go through this like insanity together, you're friends for life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> so can you give us a spoiler free overview of Best Men and what it's about? 
Sure. So Best Men, it's a romantic comedy about a guy named Max Moody. He's a gay guy living in New York City, about to turn 35. And he's sort of a secret, uh, hopeless romantic, doesn't really want to maybe admit that. But he kind of covets having one of those little paragraphs in the New York Times that's announcing his wedding and your wedding engagement. And so he's shocked when his best childhood friend announces that she's getting married. And she asks him to be the man of honor, sort of, in her wedding party. So he kind of quietly spins out of control because he thought he'd be the one to get married first. And then he meets Chasen, who is the best man of the groom-to-be. And Max and Chasen are polar opposites. Max is like, you know, Midwestern, super introverted. He doesn't necessarily fit the mold of the, what you think of like kind of a typical gay guy likes. And so he, he doesn't like the word brunch and he doesn't like the whole idea of brunch. And he, you know, he's just kind of, um, yeah, he's, he's very different from Chasen, who's much more extroverted and Chasen grew up in, you know, the East coast and he's more urbane and social and outgoing and, he loves fashion and, you know, worships Taylor Swift. And so they're, they kind of really don't understand each other. And they're coming from two opposite ends of the, the sort of gay spectrum. And they, they try to get along, um, you know, for the sake of the wedding and sort of tolerate each other. And then maybe or maybe not a romance kind of sparks from there. I absolutely loved it. It was so funny. And I think it was like, I, I read the ebook, so I'm never sure, but I think it was like page five. You made a Rascal Flats reference. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I am sold. <laughs> I don't care what else happens in the book. I'm in. <laughs> yes. I knew there'd be one person who would yeah. get <laughs> As you. soon as I got that, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm yeah. glad I found you. Definitely. Yeah, here I am. Wow. I loved it so much. I thought it was so funny. And like, I, I felt like I haven't read, like I do read a lot of contemporary romance, but I haven't read one that had like that same sort of like dry sarcasm in his internal monologue. You know, it's like that self-deprecating kind of why is this happening to me type of thing that I think really propelled the story along. And like, I loved that. And I loved for like Max, all the things that he went through and like his internal <laughs> struggles and like monologue was so funny. Oh, so, cool. Thanks. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I kind of, it's not sort of like, him, it's a little him forward in a way. It's sort of like, I wanted to explore that character. And then here's also maybe or maybe not a romance. And mm -hmm. it was fun kind of, yeah, like exploring that character for sure. Yeah. What made you decide to do it from like that first person point of view versus like a dual POV or kind of like third person overview? Yeah, I, I sort of coming from the screenwriting world where it's very economical writing and, you know, every word sort of matters and it's cold because it's, uh, unless you have a voiceover, it's often told by that omniscient narrator who's yeah. like, you know, Tom walks down the street and it's just like, you have to just get, you know, make it super clear. And so it was almost, I didn't necessarily even think about it when I started writing. I was like, okay, it wasn't even a decision. I just started writing in the voice. Yeah. of this. And then I was just sort of loving the idea of having, it just felt liberating to have more room to explore his inner thoughts and like exactly what he was feeling in the present tense. And and then I like I kind of got halfway through it. And I'm like, am I doing this right? Like I kind of <laughs> was like, I needed to sort of. It was hard to find other books that are told in the first person. Like, um, like historically, I think they're mostly told in the third person. Mm -hmm. And like I remember, I was like, I was kind of rereading Hunger Games, which is told yeah. in the first person. I was like, okay, there's one that can do it. 
And, but then I sort of subsequently realized like a lot of rom-coms and romance novels are written that way too. But it was just sort of a joy to have that room to really every single thought he had and, you know, just kind of explore that. Yeah. And I like that it's that one where it's, you know, he's kind of always that unreliable narrator. Like when you write from the first person, you're never really sure if this is like how it's going or if that's just like their feelings. So I think it it adds like a very different element to when you do, you know, it only from one person's perspective. Yeah. And I love kind of I love, I love stories that have that three friendship triangle thing. Yeah. Um, and so while we don't really hear their inner thoughts, they each kind of think completely differently. And so you kind of can have that bouncing off of each other. But it was it was great to have like, you know, just pages and pages of someone's thoughts. That yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I love that. So what inspired you to create this story? And like, do you have a specific inspiration for these characters? Yeah, a little bit. I, I had actually, my childhood best friend asked me to be the man of honor of her wedding. And I said, yes, of course, I was excited. And she was too. And she had this um, wedding planner who was not as excited and didn't want to have one man in all women yeah. side of her wedding party. And so she, I was demoted to an usher, whatever that means. I don't even, I think I like handed out one like program and yeah. like, <laughs> I didn't really, I was kind of, you know, disappointed that I wasn't get to be part of the the wedding parties, but I was like, and then it was sort of like tragedy plus time equals comedy. And I was like, that's a really good story idea. If a character actually becomes the man of honor in his best friend's wedding and what is that character, you know, who is that character? Who's the best friend? And then I, I really wanted to kind of tell the, you know, historically gay characters have been sort of relegated to this, this sort of funny, wacky sidekick, comic relief or wacky neighbor, or, you know, we haven't, or, or it goes the opposite direction where, you know, completely tortured and, and coming out kind of stories, which are great and important. And I, but I wanted to tell the story of like this sidekick, gay best friend who sort of over the course of the story, hopefully becomes the leading character in the yeah. story and its own life. So it's kind of like, that really was the germ of the idea. And then the wedding thing, I was like, I smushed those together and I was kind of like, okay, I guess this is going to be a romantic comedy. Cause I didn't necessarily, I wasn't like, I'm writing a romantic comedy. It was just sort of like, okay, a wedding is not necessarily yeah. going to be a dark. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be something funny involved here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very fair. I like that. And I think that like, this is, like you said, it's interesting because it's not necessarily all romance. There is so much of it that is comedy and like coming of age and that sort of like realizing what you want to do with your life type of situation. And it's like, what's progressing the story along is the idea of the wedding. But what it really is about is like Max figuring out like what he's going to do with the rest of his life. And yeah, yeah it's a really unique I, I, perspective. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of, I, I'm sort of like thinking, I thought of it as like a com-rom. So it was yeah. like comedy first a little bit. And yeah, and, and just that idea of like, you know, coming of age as an adult in your mm -hmm. you know, in your 30s, living in the big city when you're from, you know, you're a little bit of a fish out of water. So it was like, I really wanted to explore all the firsts of like discovering restaurants and going out and like the terrible job you have and along with love and, and friendship that you've had since you were a kid that you now have to sort of redefine when you're an adult and yeah. kind of 
said those, you know, in the nineties, her, you know, his, his friend was very into the idea of having a gay best friend. So now it's sort of like, they have to rethink that as adults. Yeah. And I think this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's like, you know, I think a lot of what Max's decisions were was because Paige had told him to do it, like move to New York. Let's go to, you know, let's move to Chicago together out of the burbs, all that kind of stuff. And so it's like, yeah, him trying to figure out if he got there because she told him to or because he wants to be there, I think was like a really fun journey to go on with him. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I sort of saw it as a little like separation anxiety. If he if she left, they couldn't really leave each other. And he wasn't necessarily completely a doormat, but he yeah. would, <laughs> wanted to be, you know, best friends for life kind of thing. And I think, yeah, he, he tends to follow her lead. And, and again, it was sort of like the fake out of like, she's really the main character in all these kind of stories, but yeah. then it's like, he's the main character. <laughs> Actually not about her at all. <laughs> no. So speaking of, we went on quite a, a tour of New York and New York City. What made you decide to choose New York City as the setting? Oh, so, I mean, again, it was not even a thought. Usually I'm like, will sort of storyboard or like have my lists of like personality traits. And I'm like, uh, no, he's not really into food. And then I'll be like very indecisive about certain yeah. things and stories. But for, I was like, yeah, of course it's New York. Like I didn't even think about it for a second. I, I've lived in New York for a while and I wanted to write sort of, again, those first, I kind of like put the emotions of what I had when I first moved to New York and it's like, mm -hmm. it's tough and it like chews you up and spits you out a little bit. And so all those firsts that I was discovering that are like angsty and joyful and funny and weird. And, and so I really wanted to have him, you know, I have had different experiences with yeah. uh, from the characters, believe it or not. But so I, but I put the same emotion sort of on, onto those characters. And then I started writing it before the pandemic. And then I was writing the bulk of it in the peak of the pandemic where you couldn't leave your house. And yeah. I was like, I want to go to that restaurant I love. And like, <laughs> now I'm going to the Hamptons on a train and now I'm in Fire Island. And, and yeah. I think, I said, you know, no spoiler, but there's a little bit of a, he goes to a beach town in Fire Island and I just, you know, I couldn't leave my house. So for me, it was like selfish escapism. Yeah. <laughs> like if you've been to New York and you, or you live in New York, you know, these places and it's like, sentimental and if you've never been here it's sort of like you can fantasize about it or relate it to you know your favorite restaurant in san diego or wherever you live kind of yeah thing. definitely i have a friend that's from new york and i was like you have to read this book because <laughs> i felt i was like there's no i knew you lived in new york because i read your bio but i was like you have to know like reading it that you love the city and like you live there and all the anxieties and i was like you need to read this immediately because i feel like you you felt all these things when you lived there so yeah, yeah, I really liked that. It was kind of, yeah, kind of like going through that journey together. And it's like, you really got a tour of like all the different neighborhoods and really felt like you were a part of it. And like the city itself was almost another character. So I was curious as to why you chose oh, it. So. Great. I love that. Yeah. If I, and I just, I feel also like the more, like I've learned, I learned that early on just in writing in general, like the more specific you get and you don't have to like necessarily name check every restaurant you've been to, but the more specific you get, you get yeah. with your writing the more universal it becomes and people can just, you know, relate to having your favorite, whatever. Yeah. I love that. So what was the hardest scene for you to write? Oh, that's easy. Uh, the hardest scene was the intimacy that Max and Chase and may or may not have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a rom-com. So like you kind of want that, but for me, you know, I never really 
had written like a gay story and I never necessarily, if I had a good idea, I wanted to write it. And I thought this was a, a good idea that I, I did want to write it. But I, so for me, it was super personal in a way, just putting again, what I know into the story. And so I was like, how explicit do I want to get with, yeah. uh, and you know, I'm like, my aunt is going to read this. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, kind of, just in getting into sort of the romantic comedy and romance community, you know, it's like a whole thing where people really want that open door or closed door, whatever it is. So for me, it's yeah. sort of like a slightly ajar door. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of see into a little the... bit. Yeah. 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 And then they showed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was just, that was the hardest thing because it felt so like, you know, intimate and I. Yeah. Flushing a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like I love a good like smutty book, but I think if I ever wrote a book, I'd be like, well, they kissed and the door closed and that's that. You know, like I don't think I could ever write it because you're right, like my aunt's gonna read this. <laughs> so it's yeah. Maybe an awkward family reunion. So yeah. <laughs> Very fair. That's yeah, I, I totally get that. Or um, she would love it. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, Well, I actually do have some notes. It's like, please don't. <laughs> I'd actually rather never find out about that. So in contrast to that, what was your favorite or like the easiest scene for you to write? The favorite was probably there's um, a moment early on where, again, I love like the tr friendship triangle. And it's when Max, Chasen and Max's best friend Paige go kind of out for the first time in public. And it's sort of like their public outing together as friends. And it's sort of really... I don't want to give anything away, but it sets up their dynamic. You know, Paige is one way, Chasen is another way, Max can't stand his name and everything about him, and he's another way. And so it really, for me, that was fun because it was like, okay, I'm solidifying their personalities, and that's going to be the story engine sort of going forward, and I can, like, have my, you know, Barbie dolls of, like, mixing and matching. Here's a scene with Chasen and Max, here's a Paige, and, you know. So that was fun because it kind of... and. In, in the scene, they they have this sort of like epic day in Brooklyn and uh, like a brunch and a dinner and, and going out and stuff. And it, it really just sort of tells you, okay, this is the story we're going to get into. So that was fun for me. Yeah, it really like sets up kind of the, the tone for the rest of the book. Exactly, the tone. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That was a really good. Yeah, I really like that scene because I think there's you get a lot of like Max's kind of dry humor and like his internal like sarcasm that he's trying so hard not to like bleed out but like occasionally might <laughs> yeah and then yeah. you really see how chasen is sort of like the mayor of gay town and he yeah <laughs> he's in his element you know and he knows everyone and max is like how does this guy know everyone and it's just sort of like worlds colliding yeah i loved that is there a character that you relate to the most i probably relate to all of them in a way well i feel like every writer kind of puts themselves into every character in a way. And it's a hodgepodge of yourself, people you know, people you have heard about. And so for me, I, you know, there's certain thing, I guess Max, I, obviously, <laughs> I don't like, but there are, there are decisions he makes where I'm like, okay, yes, I am not like that. And I would not have done that. Or maybe I did that when I was 22. But, you know, certainly his music taste is sort of my heart and soul but again i also have the same music taste as chasen so i kind of overlap but i guess just because it's told through his point of view i guess i, I relate to max the most but he's not me 
<laughs> just like some elements of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very fair. Okay. I get that. And I feel like it's probably, it makes sense since it's his POV and like, that's kind of the way you move the story. But yeah, there's yeah definitely some differences. <laughs> and there are certain like pages, a little me too. And uh, yeah, like I kind of, things that you, there's like a wish fulfillment too with characters that I kind of like, I've always wanted to have certain things that Chasen has, you know, I don't want to give it away again, but like you kind of put things that you've often thought about that you want in, in your characters that they may have or they may want. Right. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. So is there a character that you preferred to write about or like your favorite character to write about? Prefer, I guess I, I actually preferred Chasen just because he was you know, diametrically opposed to the main character. And yeah. <laughs> he's people, I mean, he's me, he's people I know, he's friends of mine. I think he's a little more comfortable in his skin and he can like walk into a party and everyone's head turns and he hugs everyone for 15 minutes kind of thing. And it's sort yeah. of like an aspirational <laughs> character. He looks really good. He gets his hair cut every two weeks and goes to the gym six days a week. Like, right. I also wanted to kind of usurp the kind of stereotypes of, you know, maybe Max is this way. And then by the end of the story is this way. And same with Chase and sort of like, maybe he's a little more, you know, what you would think of stereotypical, but then he's has more dimension to him as the story progresses. And so that was fun to sort of, how can I invert, you know, what your expectations are of these characters? Yeah. Yeah. That's very fair. And I think he's one of those ones, it's like a slow burn of, you know, his personality and like goals and, Sometimes you get it where it's like, oh, it's because it's trauma. And that's why he's like, you know, the quirky, like spunky person. But his wasn't. And I really liked that it was like, he just wanted to be like a friendly guy. Yeah. 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 And, he, he, and he did have like, you know, maybe you do think that he's had it easy his whole life. He has a sort of like wealthy family living on mm -hmm. the East Coast. And he's, but then you kind of realize maybe he doesn't necessarily relate to them. And he was sort of, you know, the the outcast a little bit, especially yeah. growing up gay. And yeah 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 and i liked that i really liked how his character kind of went from like this guy that we have to hate because the main character hates to like this this really great sort of friend to everyone i love that yeah by the end of the no offense to chasen's anywhere but by the end of the book it's sort of like you like the name chasen Ch yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i would love to meet someone named chasen <laughs> no I, yeah and chase is a cool abbreviation anyway yeah so. he's like no <laughs> yeah. none of that <laughs> So is there a specific character you struggle to write? Well, probably Paige, the best friend, because she is really sort of like an amalgamation of uh, girls I've been friends with from childhood to now. And like, she's like a patchwork of all these women in my life that I've been like fortunate enough to uh, have. But like, I feel like when you write a book, you're also sort of, there's a little bit of not danger, but like, I'm, you know, when friends read it, they're like, that's me, right? And right. that's like, totally, that's been happening. And, and that was happening from the beginning of writing it. So I didn't, you know, necessarily model page after one specific girl. Again, it's sort of like, oh, she's doing this, but she's also wearing a t-shirt that says Sondheim. And like, that yeah. girl that I know would never do that. And, and she was also challenging too, just in character wise, because she she's a little bit of the inciting incident for Max's story. And so I didn't want to make her just a device. I wanted to make her, you know, really be a fully fledged 
three-dimensional character that has a character arc and just make sure she wasn't just like a story device and then you forget about her right to go on to max's story so that like those two things combined i think were the the biggest sort of challenges with her yeah that makes sense yeah i feel like it's hard to to kind of like keep the story moving and not make it all about her if it is about her wedding and like him being her best man and like all those sorts of things and like you know man of honor or what have you so yeah that's very that sounds like it would be a struggle (laughs) yeah and it was was like towing the line too of like what percentage of do we want to see their friendship versus the romance versus max's personal you know turmoil and i really tried to kind of balance those three things out hopefully a little bit and because I, I was curious about all three of them right I think you did a great job with that too because I think we got like like you said a really nice balance of like where Max was outside of the wedding planning duties because you know life doesn't stop when you plan a wedding but then also these like very token moments that we all wanted to see so I, I loved that oh cool yeah great <laughs> so what do you hope people take away from best man is I mean first and foremost I always I was trying to make myself laugh and I'm hoping people will laugh along with me and I wanted you know again like pandemic writing I'm right I'm trying to write the most joyous you know hopeful funny celebration of life and love and and so I really hope people kind of can read it with a smile or a laugh or like a a grin, you know, and and that's the biggest takeaway. And then, you know, just the idea of best men title. I'm a huge like title geek. And I'm always like, if someone's telling me an idea for a story, I'm like, what's the title? And if they don't have it, I'm like, you gotta have a title. And, but not every writer is like that because I think the title really informs just the thesis statement throughout the entire story. Yeah. By the end of the story, it's sort of like, you know, he's begrudgingly sort of the best man of this wedding. And then by the end of it, he learns to become the best man of his life. And, right. you know, I, I'm hoping people will want to be, you know, not the sidekick, not the sidekick best friend in their own lives. And, you know, it's a, it's a lofty goal, but like, <laughs> I want people to have become the main character in their own lives. I think that's like a fun, you know, inadvertent message that I wasn't yeah you know, it kind of came with writing of the story and not necessarily like oh this is what a guidebook for people yeah. like <laughs> here is how to do better yeah. <laughs> yeah I definitely got that towards the end I feel like I relate to this like very heavily as far as the work struggles go and like kind of deciding what you want to do with your life and so when Max is going through all of that I was like I felt this and I feel this right now and like I know exactly what he's kind of trying to decide and it's like teaching that line between is this like the right choice or is this like the best choice for me type of thing? And yeah, yeah. I, def- I got all of those things. So you oh, did a good, good job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the really like, cause sometimes it's, I mean, I'm a huge rom-com movie fan and now, you know, over the past five years, I've become more into stories and books that are romantic comedies because the genre sort of exploded, but I'm always like, but you know, like just in the past watching rom-com movies, it's like, do these people work? Like, like there's, they're just falling in love and they're at the beach and like, how are they affording that turkey sandwich? Like, right. Yeah. Like I just wanted, I wanted to have each sort of aspect of his life be, he can be the best. And so that included work that included, you know, his living situation with the, you know, the jackhammer outside and just everything. 
Yeah. I feel like the only rom-com I've ever watched that has anything to do with jobs or jobs even being mentioned is how to lose a guy in 10 days. And that's only because it's about their job. Yes. <laughs> like that is it. Okay. Every, all the rest of them, I'm like, exactly. You're like, do you guys have like employment? Are you guys just all yeah. right over there? Like what's going on? And, and yeah. also like, when do they eat lunch too? I'm always yeah. like, if someone's eating uh, in a, in a movie or, or TV show, I'm like, yes, I love that. I, I'm obsessed with people eating and, and TV yeah. shows. <laughs> like being functional humans. Yeah. It's real. Yeah, that's very fair. I love that. So is there anything that you would change going back, like looking through the process and anything like that, writing during the pandemic, all of that kind of stuff? During the pandemic, I, I hit my stride weirdly because, you know, as a writer, I work from home and when the pandemic hit and like you're forced to be home, it was sort of like, welcome to my world. Like, this is what I've been doing. You know, everybody now has to do what I'm doing. And I was like, people were like, complaining they're bored or like getting you know some people were getting super creative and I was getting I just felt super creative so I kind of I really hit my stride on this like yeah. I guess the only thing I would change would be maybe in the beginning I was trying to juggle too many other projects and mm -hmm. I kind of wrote the outline at least kind of too slowly maybe I, I I like to write a little fast but process of like getting it published has been a dream like I'm not exaggerating I, I can't state how big of a dream it is like Berkeley who's with uh, imprint of Penguin Random House and the the people there are just like a true dream team and they're just like giving me these little gifts of like go on a book tour do this thing yeah on podcast and it's just like so there's nothing like I can't really say like I would necessarily change anything, but like it's also came out a week ago. So ask me that in six months. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I love that. I wasn't sure if it's like you wish you would have started earlier or like maybe waited a little longer or all those sort of things. But yeah, I think a lot of authors like we've said this before is like all of you guys wrote these books that are coming out like, you know, the very tail end of last year and this year are like your pandemic books. And it's like it's so fun to kind of see all, how this has like come together and like what you guys were craving when, when the pandemic was happening. Cause I feel like that's sort of coming out in these books that have been published in the last like year or so. Yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of annoying to keep having to, to even like talk about the pandemic cause it was yeah. so rough for a lot of people and, you know, but it really, and I mean, I guess when you say that, like, you know, as writers, we compare ourselves to other people's journeys and paths and stuff. So I like a part of me was like, yeah, maybe I probably when I was 12 and wrote that dumb book, like <laughs> I probably I probably should have wrote the next one. Like, yeah, and, I probably should have published that one. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. not, yeah, spend time worrying about high school. But yeah, who needs time for that? <laughs> So I know I'll never be a writer because I never did any of those things. And I hear these stories all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not an author. That's for sure. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, and then you're also like the whole sort of comparison thing can get dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I've never had like an original thought. So I'm like, I will read whatever, but I will not write whatever. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Oh, when you're 12 years old and you're writing a bad book, keep writing. Um, I always say like, just, I think a lot of people, writer, people who are aspiring writers are asking for permission to write. And I, and I certainly did that. And I was sort of like, you know, I think even in the question of like, how do you become a writer? If you want to be a writer, 
you're asking that person for permission. And I don't think you need permission at all. You just start writing. And for me, since I've been doing it for so long, I kind of, I wake up and I, I call it like turning the faucet on and I turn the faucet on and, and just the words come out, whether they're good or bad. And there's, I don't believe in writer's block. I think you can maybe, there's a block of like maybe getting good writing, but you can always sit down and just write the bad stuff. Yeah. And, um, for me, I, I love a vomit draft. Mm -hmm. I love to get it out and then I'll go back to the beginning and I'll be like, who wrote this? This is like <laughs> terrible. And I need to, you know, rewrite the whole thing. And so I I fully believe I fully believe in just sort of like, you know, sitting down in the chair or standing up if you have a standing desk <laughs> and just writing and like don't wait for permission. And then when you have something that you like, give it to the top 10 people in any capacity, if they're related to the industry or not, mm -hmm. you know, you want notes, and then you take the notes and kind of, you know, make them your own and, and sort of find the note behind the note. But at the end of the day, it's just about sitting down and, and just doing it. Yeah, that's really good advice. I feel like that's the hardest part is like the starting and getting it all out there and putting enough on the page to like, call it something. Yeah, not being precious about it if you think it's bad, just kind yeah. of get over the hump of the badness. Yeah, and like giving it to other people to read who are like compassionate towards you. So it's not going to be like the worst. <laughs> this isn't going to be the worst you hear yeah. before you get it. Yeah, kind of like refined. Yeah, I love that. And That's then awesome. building up that thick skin that you right. can't hear the worst of. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not take criticism constructive or otherwise well at all. I can tell you that. So this might be another reason why I'd never publish a book. I'd be like, you think it's bad? I'm going to go cry. Thank you so much for your, <laughs> thank you for your insightful feedback. I'm going to go jump off a bridge. Awesome. Have a great day. <laughs> I do. I cry every time. <laughs> yeah. Twice a day minimum. Like, I'm just kidding. But that would be me. If people were giving me feedback, I'd be like, that's really nice. Of you. Yeah, I agree. I shouldn't have put a comma there. You're right. It's good. It's okay. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly me. Uh, so what has it been like for you being a debut author in the time of the, you know, bookstagram, book talk, all that kind of the rise of the bookish interwebs? I think about that a lot because it, I almost feel bad for people 20 years ago when you couldn't get pictures of your book mm -hmm. on a nice flat lay sent to you. Like, yeah. um, like you just having friends, you know, click a picture. My, my friend sent me a picture of a copy of, of my book that their dog had chewed the cover of. <laughs> and they said that the dog had notes. So just things like that is like, it's so fun to get, you know, friends snapping pictures and putting it on the inner interwebs. And, and Instagram is like, amazing it's just like you know even seeing your picture of the book like on this cozy blanket it's yeah. just like you don't have that kind of instant feedback or you know you used to never have that and mm -hmm. so that's fun and then also just literally the social connections that I've been having connecting with other authors yeah um, through Instagram and sort of Twitter-ish is fun it's just like a community that's like super supportive and wishing people a happy pub day and it's great. It's really like just a joy. Yeah. It's such a fun community, I think, to be a part of. And like, it's so cool. I think for us is like the accessibility of being able to talk to you guys and like tell you, yeah, this like part made me cry or like, this is so funny. And to share the, the, that like feedback and it's so instantaneous, I think is such a cool 
part of like the internet, which can be like a really dark and terrible place. And to have yeah. like this really fun space where it's, it's good to hear that you, you know, you've made the connections, you have these author friends and like, you're sort of building that network and having like a support team that understands what you're going through too, which I think is like really key. Yeah. And, and just like, you know, older writers in the past, like Stephen King, like all mm -hmm. he had to go on were like numbers, which were yeah. amazing, obviously, but <laughs> authors in the past have had, here are your numbers, but you don't have that personal face-to-face, -face, you know, with your audience, which is just, I love it. Yeah, it's really fun. It's fun for yeah. us, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's cool. really cool. So what's next for you? Yeah, so I I have a, I wrote a first draft of a book. I just got notes, my first set of notes from my editor, another romantic comedy and it's about a couple who are kind of having some issues and they're going they're kind of on the rocks at the moment and going through some trouble and they're they're a gay couple living in Brooklyn and they're they're having their first baby via surrogacy so they want to go they live in New York and they want to go to California where the baby's going to be born so they decide to take a road trip from New York to California and along the way they're kind of working out hopefully the issues and getting on the same page in a in a romance comical way. Hi, <laughs> um, so that'll come out in a year from now. I'm going to be about to be heavily into, you know, a rewrite and yeah, copy edits thing. So yeah, that'll be yeah. hopefully in a year from now. Lots of crying and great feedback. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> for sure. I love that. That sounds amazing. I was just thinking the other day, like there's so many romances about like the slow burn and, you know, you're like a new couple kind of discovering yourself and all that. And I'm like, I want one written about like a dysfunctional couple that's been together for a while and like their journey. And uh, you don't even have to be dysfunctional, but there does have to be some conflict because like that's the journey. But it's like I want to read about like an established couple who's like going through it, you know, this is it's it. hard to this find. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is for me. It's, it is for me. <laughs> I was thinking about this yeah. the other day. I was like, I want to know what happens after. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that because it's really, I, I have, yeah, you do notice that too. It's sort of the the meat cutes, which yeah. I, I, I can, I mean, and audiences too can never get enough of. And like, the, it's fun to write a romantic comedy, whether they're in trouble as a couple who have been together for a while or just mm -hmm. meeting because they, you, you really go character wise from A to Z of like, yeah the story arc and the character arc and it's like even though you know they're hopefully going to get together it's like what are those creative obstacles that you can put in front right. of them that you don't know if yeah I, like i, I just rewatched uh you've got mail mm -hmm. Ron, and like you know the ending i've seen it a few times and it's, but it gets you you cry you laugh yeah. like, they're never going to get together and then by the <laughs> end of it it's this amazing release of like yes you know so if you can hit all those things but yeah i, I agree i was like what does a, a trouble, a couple in trouble look like? Yeah. And like, I'm very fine with reading the like mundane. Like I want to know, I don't need, you know, some like epic boombox <laughs> outside of my window, like moment. I actually just want to read about like how they're enjoying being together and like what it's like to pick out matching linens. Like I would in fact like to read about that. <laughs> I'm going to take your notes and, and yeah, <laughs> yeah I, might, I might be like the only one. So <laughs> But I just, I think it's so fun to like talk, like talk about that and think about that. Cause it's like, I know we read to escape, but at the same time, it's like, I'd love to know what happens when these couples who were like going through all of this to get together, how they stay together and like what that looks like. That's not just like a reference in another book in the series later on as like, here's some advice that I had when I was going through this type of moment. Yeah. I want to know like how you got here, you know? 
good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's almost like watching The Bachelor. It's like yeah. a hot air balloon in, you know, France overlooking the Eiffel Tower. It's like when they get home, that's the stuff I want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like about. four months afterwards when you guys have broken up, like why? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to know. Yeah. Awesome. Serial at night in front of the television. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, are you guys always like this Instagram perfect looking? I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend and that friend is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you going on a book tour or a signing tour? Yeah, kind of in the middle of one. I was for Pub Week in LA and then Chicago. I did two events and now I'm doing an event in New York in June. On June 5th, I'm doing one at the Strand with Anderson Cooper in conversation. Wow. So that'll be super serious. Not really. But <laughs> then I'll do event an event there. I just signed a ton of copies at the Strand. So you can, if you want to get copies signed copies you can get them at the strand and august there's an event in fire island with two other writers who have books that are majority about fire island that'll be fun like a panel yeah and just like little book signings throughout here and there that's so fun i actually wore i have my shirt says strand i wore my strand shirt for this interview awesome. <laughs> I, I was it. like i have to i have to go with the vibes so <laughs> that's so cool i gotta get one yeah i went a few years ago that was actually like i went to new york when i was like eight and then after the internet and like all of the reading of books, I was like, we have to do a book tour. So I met up with a friend I never met. I met her through Bookstagram and we did like a, like a tour of New York book things that we wanted to do. So we did like the wow. Barnes and Noble, the Strand. We would like the Harry Potter, like pop-up store. We spent, I think like 36 hours total, just like doing book stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> like, did you I have to like... buy all the things. Yeah. <laughs> did you photograph it and like put it on Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There was, it was quite the journey. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. It was really fun. So, yeah. my last question for you is where can everybody find you on the bookish interwebs? Yes. So, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram and it's at Sid KNY, like my name and New York. And then Twitter at Sid Carger and Facebookish. And then my website, SidCarger.com. Yay. Awesome. Well, those are all the questions I have. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Any other questions you have? That's it. Uh, thank you for doing this. It's so yeah. fun and I'm really appreciative of it. Yeah, I had a really great time. And like I said, I absolutely love the book. So as soon as they emailed me, I was like, that'll do. <laughs> Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. I love awesome. that. Good yeah. to hear. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Cool. Thank you so much. Looking yeah. forward to listening to more of your stuff. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.